0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This
1: is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code Fetch Me 20 for your first delivery free in the free Fetch Me Delivery app, as well as FetchMedelivery.com. I'm Zach Block. I'll be joined today. By Michael Pappas and Painter Sharpless. Gentlemen, how are we doing? My friend, I am excellent.
2: I'm stupendous. It's
1: Christmas week.
2: Stupendous. Yeah, We are one week out, ladies and gentlemen. One week. Well, it's, it's crazy because right
1: now, when this goes up, I'm in Ohio. I'm in Dallas. You're in Dallas. You're in Pennsylvania, right? Yes. How wild is that? We're all over the place, but we're together on this podcast.
2: So, right before the podcast, you made sure to set things up nicely for us. You wrapped it in a bow. You gave us some details about what we were going to talk about, how we were going to stage this thing. We wanted to make sure that the folks home could enjoy things spread out because of course it's a holiday and then we jump in and immediately I just blew all of that up.
1: Yeah, but at the time of recording this, we are a week away from Christmas. So that is true. That is true. It's actually uh, signing day when we're recording this, but we're not going to talk about that because we talked about that a few episodes ago. So uh yeah, it, we're we're making a comeback. You can tell with the uh, the episode title, 10 Questions." Little Ten Questions it's action. Been a while. It has been. It's been too long. Is is what it's been.
2: The last time we did this, things were controversial.
1: There were there were uh, friendships that were kind of on the brink. I think um, we, that's part
2: of the reason we haven't done it. We've had to delay what has uh, been a popular edition of the podcast.
1: This is the Locked On Auburn podcast version of Monopoly.
2: And it gets intense. I haven't played Monopoly
0: in years. Because
1: you don't want to lose friends. Friends are hard to come by these days.
0: Look, in this economy, <laughs> I would just like to set the stage for you, Painter. Mm. Uh, watch yourself. I do have a hot cup of coffee right here. I, too, just yeah, y'all brewed. Both, y'all are both equipped. Well, never mind. Take
1: that. <laughs> We're just gonna both get burned. All right, let's jump into this. 10 you questions,
2: ready? maybe. I don't know. Might not be talking to Michael when this is all
1: over. That's fine. That's okay. Just talk to me. All right, so uh, obviously the Outback Bowl coming up. Auburn's involved with it. When you, when you talk about Outback, two things come to mind. Mm-hmm. The controversy, the, the conversation. Bloomin' Onion, <laughs> Coconut Shrimp. I want you to name a player that resembles and reminds <laughs> you that you could draw comparisons with the Bloomin' Onion and also another player with the Coconut Shrimp. Michael, you go first.
0: <laughs> Man, uh, for the blooming onion, I'm going to go with Derek Brown. I knew it. Much I knew like it. The, that's the correct answer. Much Damn. like the <laughs> onion blooms from <laughs> the plate. There's just layers and layers to okay. Derek Brown's football game, oh, all right. and NFL personality. If you remember the movie Shrek, ogres are like onions; they have layers. <laughs> Donkey. Derek Brown. All right, what's Blooming a coconut onion. shrimp one? I'll go with uh, <laughs> I'll go with Marlon Davidson. Wow, uh, because the coconut shrimp it might look very maybe not maybe intimidating is not the right word, but it doesn't look like the most uh, the the prettiest food. As it might be, but once you take a bite, it's got the sweetness of the coconut and the softness of the shrimp, and once you kind of get past Marlon Davidson's just ginormous frame, you get to know the guy, you listen to him in interviews, great person, he's a very nice guy, just a big cuddly teddy bear. Okay, Painter, same question to you.
2: Derek Hall is blooming into one of Auburn's best defenders while Will Hastings is the shrimp we all love. That's all I got. So you're going Derek Hall. Yeah, the young guy. The young buck. It's uh, promising. It's delicious. It's it's, it's going to be there in the past. You've had great players in his position before. He will be the next great one. Will Hastings, of course. We all, I mean, we love a nice, tasty, fresh shrimp. Okay.
1: All right. I'm I'm go- I'm going with Michael. I wanted y'all with, with, with the coconut shrimp. Yeah, thank you for that. Tell me I'm number one. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I-, I was thinking Derek Brown for the Bloomin' Onion and then for the coconut shrimp. I'm going with Roger McCreary because you look at the coconut shrimp and you're like, eh, I don't know. And then once you get at the table and you start eating it, you're like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Same with Roger McCreary, not super highly recruited. Auburn's coaching staff was one of the few uh, coaching staffs that wanted him. And then they put him on the field and they're like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, I've never eaten at an Outback Steakhouse. How about that? They don't sponsor the show, so I'm not really upset about it. All right. Number two, which freshman from this year do you expect to take the biggest step in the 2020 season? Painter, you go first on this one. Let me make sure he's actually a freshman. Just, just throw it out there. Just, Derek Hall. All right. Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. That counts. Good deal. I, I mean, I, I think he will be one of Auburn's best defense. I, I think you can be excited about a number of other defensive linemen for a number of other reasons next yeah. year, whether it's they've got more experience, whether you think they'll be uh, a better player. But I think if you've watched Hall at all, and maybe you haven't because you've probably been enamored with some other guys on that defensive line, watch them in the bowl game.
1: Well, is there a specific guy that you're kind of expecting Derek Hall to resemble? You, I mean, you can say Auburn or you can say uh, an, you know an Auburn guy or a— uh, or, or somebody else, is, is there a guy that you're kind of expecting him to be
2: I don't, similar I, to? I don't have a good answer, in part because I'm not knowledgeable enough to make a good comp. But That's
1: okay. I, I was just curious if you had something to mind. I,
2: I don't have anybody in mind. I, I have just been excited when I have seen him play. It's yeah. People who are smarter, better football minds than me have also told me, watch this
0: guy. Okay, fair enough. Michael, who's your guy? Painter, first, I, I want to let you know I really, really respect that answer. If you were about to butter me up and then bring me down. I really respect that answer. Right. everyone's got the right to be wrong. <laughs> wow, the answer's Bo Nix. A- at the end of the day, he's the guy. He's going to have the whole offseason to work. He had a pretty good freshman year. He was SEC freshman of the year. He's going to take that next step. He's he's going to be much better. He he's going to wow people next season. The answer's Bo Nix.
2: It's a good one. I would. I think
0: DJ Williams
2: could be thrown into the mix. Sure. I know uh, Nix is definitely the the obvious choice in that he will, I think, almost certainly be the leader of, if not yeah. just the offense, the entire team next year. And it's a position that I think that first year has got to be brutal to come in and learn. The second year, I think he's going to be really comfortable, like bordering on, he I, he doesn't strike me as an arrogant guy. Yeah, but, the the but game's whatever, going to move slower to him. Whatever that yeah. mixture of confidence and arrogance is that you want a quarterback to have, I think he will possess that next year.
1: Yeah, my answer to this would be Owen Papo. Yeah. Um, I I just think he's going to be uh, incredible, and I mean, with all the linebackers coming back, uh, I think that's going to be um that's going to be big. I'm giving Painter the point here. I I like him thinking outside the box a little bit, and I I, to be honest with you, so do you want the right answer or
0: do you want the outside of the box
1: uh, answer? (laughs) I'll tell you why because I'm a little skeptical. You know, he he's SEC freshman of the year. Is he going to make that big of a step? Like, how much better is he going to get? Because I think the argument against that is we haven't seen quarterbacks take a huge step in year number 2 under Gus Malzahn. So that's that's a little bit why I'm, why, I'm he, why I'm hesitant
2: to do that. The other thing I guess I would say is, and I don't know what your base, like if you're basing it on, because what I'm about to say is sort of, some of it's out of Bo's control, but playing quarterbacks the most important position. But like the team's 9-3 and three this year with a chance to go 10-3. and three, I think that they will actually. Yeah, I do too. So it, obviously, statistically, he could be a lot better. Um, however, I think in terms of a win percentage in a position that, has as much impact on the field as any. There's not a whole lot of room for the guy to go up. Like he's, I think he's got to play better in, in his biggest games next year, but he played great down the stretch in November. All right. Number
1: three, we're tied at 1 1. Michael, you'll start this one off. Painter significant other unfollowed me on Twitter. Why do you think that is?
0: Uh, I think the only explanation is that she hates you. Um, at I don't think that's day, it. I think that. Uh, that's it. She. Jeez. <laughs>
2: She's not even here to defend herself. You
0: mentioned to us before don't that. Don't you dare she take my answer. Don't she, you
2: dare take my answer. That she
0: didn't follow you before. And then you and Painter kind of made her follow you. A little bit
2: of peer pressure. Sure. Then
0: she followed you for a while. We don't know how long, honestly. Con- confirmed we don't know. that she hates you and then decided to unfollow you again. <laughs> the only thing I can think of. And I have to give you credit for this. Is you, and
2: see, I don't even know about this because we were talking about liking and retweeting things, and you're not a big liker or retweeter. I think, like, you really have to be moved to use those Twitter thumbs. Yeah. I like everything. But sure. I was thinking, like, did he retweet or say one too many thing about the Pats? And she, and her, she doesn't like the pictures. And her Bill's envy was like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. But then my, my thing there is like, you're not a huge, uh, You don't do a lot of political retweeting and liking. You don't do a ton of Patriots stuff. You'll comment here and there, but I don't really feel like you throw it in our faces. So
1: so what do you think it was? The Patriots. The Patriots are always the correct answer. So I'm gonna get painter the point. Yeah! Take it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, question number four, folks. Okay. And, Penny, you'll go first on this one. Who do you think is most likely to become the guy at Auburn basketball this year? The the reason I'm asking this is a lot of Auburn fans are out there saying like Auburn doesn't have that guy. They don't have a Jared Harper. They don't have a Bryce Brown. So who do you think over the course of the season will develop to be the guy?
2: Let me hedge just a little. Depends on what you're looking for here. I think if you're looking for experience, if you're looking for a guy to be the leader, it's Samir Dowdy. There's no question. Last year he was the best on-ball defender. The best defender, actually, this year is Isaac Okoro, but still, smear Dowdy is the second-best defender. I think also it's been clear the way that the guards play in Bruce Pearl's offense, very, very important, and just in general, I think, in the college game. Yeah. So that part, to me, is pretty clear. Like, if, if there is a guy late in the game who's going to get a, a final look, I think Samir Dowdy is the guy, and he's got experience now, and his role has increased, and even in games in which he has not been efficient this season, they have gone to him... The obvious answer to me is the best player on the team, the guy who may not be here next year, that's, that's Isaac Okora.
1: All right, Michael, you just publicly tweeted uh, calling me out as we're recording this. Oh, this no.
0: Is,
2: this is
1: uh, from at Couch Dude, we're, you're
0: on Twitter right now? We're recording a show.
1: Man, it just buzzed on my watch, and I get, I, I get tweets from you. I'm sorry. You know?
2: Whoa, unfair treatment. I think other than the first question, this has gone great.
1: So Michael Pappas tweets at CouchPapTato on Twitter. We're recording a particularly contentious Ten Questions episode for at Locked On Auburn at Paint Sharpless getting very nice borderline unfair treatment from at Z Blackerby as the judge. So we'll um and of course we'll Colonel, see, Steve's Colonel on Steve it. <laughs> Colonel Steve within like three seconds like awesome can't wait. <laughs>
2: I think everything other than the first question has been completely fair to this point.
1: All right. Well, um, let's see what you got here. Let me just ask a question again. Who do you think is most likely to be the guy for Auburn basketball
0: this year, by the end of this year? It's Samir Dowdy. It already looks like he's going to be the primary scorer on offense. We know what he can do on the defensive side of the ball. He's only going to grow into that role even more. He's going to improve even more. And. As the season goes on, I think we're going to see the ball in his hands more and more, especially down the stretch late in games. And at the end, by the end of the season, he's going to be whenever you need a bucket, you go to Samir. Do you want Samir that?
1: <laughs> or maybe he's the guy because it was never in Dowdy? Sure. Yeah? All right, I'm going to give the point to Michael. Whoa!
2: How mad are you right now? Not cool. <laughs> I had the same answer, although I hedged. Yeah, you said, like, you did four hedge. players. I said two, Samir Doughty and Isaac Okora. That's one, two. But they're both really good, so they count as two each. Well, also, I'm trying to broaden my horizons, like, hit every answer, you know? It's like, is he going for the best player? Is he going for the guy that's going to have the ball in the end of the game? Is he going for the guy with experience, or is he looking purely at I mean, potential it, and talent? It's
1: definitely one of those two, though, right? I mean, is, is there any is there any way it becomes Javon down the road? Like, is there any chance of that, that happens? I think you
2: could argue, and I see the point of the question. It's like if you need a bucket, if the team is struggling, if they've got a lead and the other team goes on a run, and you've got a it's it's near the end of the game and you have to get something to stop a run. Like I'm going to Samir, but if I think throughout the course of the year that Samir's going to have a game or multiple games like that, and that Isaac, who has already hit a game-winning putback and plays defense in the biggest parts of the game on the best offensive player of the opponent, or if Austin Wiley, when everyone else is cold, who's already done that, has a double-double, or if Javon McCormick, who in his most recent game scored 20-something points and had five assists and a rebound. Like, all of them will have, and pretty much all of them have already had a game like that. So now it's like... Who's gonna do it the most? Yeah. Who in the tournament, SEC or you know NCAA, is going to get the ball on that? Because well, that's when we
1: saw McCormick be his best was
2: the postseason
1: last, last year. year. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was a full year there, and he kind of settled into his role. Because I mean, at, at chunks of the, the season last year, they didn't want to take Jared Harper off the court because mm-hmm. they didn't want Javon McCormick in at point guard at the beginning of
2: the season. Bruce was publicly challenging Javon to be better, and this year it's. Instead of being better, he's saying be more selfish. Do what it is you do well, just do it more. And he started to do that.
1: Yeah, and, and so that's been that's been interesting. What about a guy, uh, Michael I mean, what are your thoughts on Daniel Purifoy in, in this situation? The, I was listening to the drive on ESPN 1067 uh last week, yesterday at the time that we're recording this, talk about you know, D'Angelo you know, they wouldn't be shocked if Daniel popped for 30, you know, against, you know, one of these games coming up just because We've seen him do it before. It's just, it's been a minute. I mean, is that role ever going to happen? I mean, is there any chance that he kind of turns the corner and becomes a
0: solid scoring option for for Auburn basketball? I think he is a solid scoring option. I I think he's just playing in a situation now where he's not the only scoring option. You'll remember his freshman year, it was kind of him and Mustafa Heron, and that was kind of it. Yeah. Now he's in a position where he's just the third guy, at least, on this team. And going back to what you guys were saying earlier, I would love it if Austin Wiley was that guy. I don't think this team is good enough at getting the ball inside to him. Not yet. And and I don't think he's consistent enough either. Correct. And I'm a big Javon fan. I think for the first 55 minutes, I'm more than happy – to give him the ball and say go for it. Okay. It's a lot of
2: overtimes. Oh.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> Thirty-five. We're still minutes. in
2: football mode, so I get it. It's a lot of overtimes. Dan Gels, uh Dan Jell's averaging sure. nine point four, four point seven, and one point four points, rebounds, assists. I think he's a, I think he is what Auburn wants ideally to be an X Factor. Like, would you like to have another superstar? Yeah. I think there was a hope when he was a freshman and scoring a lot of points, like Michael mentioned, that that would happen. At this point, I see Samir, Isaac, Javon, and Wiley all as better options, at least on the offensive side of the ball first. Now, there might be some matchups at 6-6, 6-7, his ability to rebound and get in the corner where he's going to go off like we saw in that North Carolina game that was so important. In my mind, if he can consistently provide that shot in the corner and give them a little bit more of an option from behind the three-point line, that's about all this team is missing. Like You can nitpick in other areas, but if they can get a consistent three-point shot from him, in addition to what the other skill set is, I, I think this team is as close to being complete as we have seen an Auburn basketball team.
1: All right, let's go to question number five. We kind of got off topic there, but that's okay. A little basketball talk's so not gonna hurt anybody. Which running back currently on the roster is least likely to end their career at Auburn? Michael, I think you're up to go first this time. So, which, which, uh, which running back is most likely to train his time is done at Auburn?
0: <laughs> I mean, at this point, oh, probably Harold Joyner. I think that one makes the most sense Uh, with some of the guys they have coming in as recruits and aging up like from freshmen to sophomores and and the guys in the depth chart ahead of him at really every position that you could see him reasonably playing. uh, It makes the most sense to me that Harold Joyner would move on. It's a bummer. He's a huge dude and is who's wildly athletic uh, and seems like he could be a difference maker. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's going to get the playing time that I'm sure he probably wanted when he came in. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I think I'm going to go with Harold Joyner on this one. Banner, your thoughts?
2: I get that. I, I actually think I'm projecting a bit here. I don't think anyone currently on the roster is all that likely to leave, um, if it's about playing time anyway. Maybe something personal comes up. but I think Sean Shiver's... Even though we've all been big fans and probably would like him to get some more touches. And of course, one of the last times you saw him, he did something incredible. So maybe some recency bias there. But I think with Mark Anthony Richards and with Tank Bigsby, they're the two that I go, they don't have a role yet. They've not been here. Mark Anthony has not been healthy. I think Tank is so talented. There have been a, a little bit of fumble issues with him in his senior year, but like the talent is there. He's the best running back in the nation. So they're probably going to try to get him involved in some way next year. They're not going to get rid of D.J. Williams and Booby Whitlow. I think Sean Shivers has a very important role, kind of reminiscent of the 2013 year. So to me, projecting here, because Mark Anthony Richards, really people are, are super excited about his signing. I just don't know if there's enough touches for him. And because I think there's a defined role for the guys on the roster that aren't Mark Anthony Richards, and because I think Tank Bixby is the, the kind of prospect that you're going to build an offense around, He's the only one left. So it's, it's not so much that I think Mark Anthony Richards can't play or that he's not going to be a good player somewhere. I just don't know how he's going to get the touches he needs to be satisfied.
0: Uh, I would like to say that there is a name Painter didn't say when he was just doing his whole breakdown right there. Who's that? Harold Joyner. Yeah. I mean, I, Also I, doesn't get the touches or the playing time. So that's why I think he'll leave. And he's not that, I mean, he's not, Mark Anthony Richards is a redshirt freshman now. Like, he still has time to earn a role, even if it's for his junior and senior season. Like, Harold Joyner is a sophomore this year. If he's going to transfer, he's got to make a decision.
1: uh, I'm agreeing with Painter here, and and the reason is because I, I think similar to Sean Shiver's Harold Joyner is finding ways to get on the field. Like he, he's, he's involved in some gadget plays where they motion him out of the backfield or you know they, they ran that wheel route play with him a few times. So that is um, unless he's my, dying. Anth- my answer to that is Mark Anthony Richards as well, just because I think, I think Sean Shivers and Harold Joyner are playing pretty
2: close to the same amount. Is, is Harold Joyner dying to be the feature back? That's the question. Like, if he thinks his role, and I don't think he does, but if he thinks his role is to get the ball 60% of the time, then he's probably going to transfer. I don't think that's what he thinks his role is. Yeah, I mean, we, Mark,
0: Mark Anthony Richards could be the best running back in the room. He was hurt this whole season. Yeah, he might be. I, mean, I think
2: that's part of the reason I'm projecting here, is because, like, we just haven't seen him, but he's the only one that has not been able to get onto the field, which is no, no to no fault of his own. But... You've seen Sean Shivers, Harold Joyner, and those other guys I mentioned already carve out a role for themselves. And again, Tank is the kind of player that I think you could build an offense around. Yeah. A bit of a projection there, too, because sometimes five stars don't pan out.
1: Are you going to tweet about me again?
2: No. Okay. All right.
1: Let's move on. It's to- getting tense. It is tense here on the Locked on Auburn podcast. All right, we're going to cut off. We're going to cut off of this show. We'll have a part two of uh, 10 questions on the Locked on Auburn podcast tomorrow. So please tune in to that. You can follow Painter on Twitter at Paint Sharpless, Follow Michael on Twitter at CouchPatTato. And follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. We'll be back tomorrow for your Christmas Eve edition of the Locked on Auburn podcast.
0: It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.